Hi everyone, um, this is Liz and Andy here with The Petty Bean, and we welcome you to our first official podcast, where we will be debating uh, with our dear, dear co-president uh, whether or not we should reopen schools during coronavirus. Yeah, so um, we just want to make it clear that um, the views presented here are not a representation of how um, Petty views the subject, and we don't want to associate our views with Petty in any way, so we just want to make that clear before we get started. Back to you, Liz. Okay, um, so uh, our dear co-president here is going to do an intro about herself, if anybody doesn't know her. Hi, I'm Clara Choi. I'm the co-president along with Will, lovely Will. Um, I'm a senior, I'm a boarder, um, I'm from New York City, and I am excited to be here. Great, right, great. great. Uh, many of you may also know her as lovely Buck Choi from The Daily oh, Dose. Oh, that's right, yes. Yeah, one of my favorite dose writers or dose masters. Oh, thanks, okay. dog. Of course, so let's dive in. So um, obviously there's been a lot of controversy and schools have been doing a lot of like different things. But um, overall, like, what do, you, what do you think? Do you think Patty, first of all, is making the right decision? I mean, well, okay. So I feel like there's no one answer to this question, just like in general, right. because frankly, there are way too many factors to consider um, when reopening schools. Um, I think Petty's definitely trying their best because, right, okay, so in general, like, obviously in-person classes, they're easily more effective, not just mm -hmm. for learning and, like, digesting new material, but just also for, like, the physical and mental health of students. But then again, like, <laughs> opening schools in the pen, it's such a, it's such a double-edged sword because it's also, like, a matter of yeah. safety because if schools right. open, we'll have more cases, more people get sick people can't go to class and it's just like a slippery slope from there. So I think Petty's really trying to adjust to that. Um, and I guess giving students the opportunity to go remote as well um, kind of considers everybody's situation. And obviously everybody wants to be back. So I think we're trying our best and just weighing out how it goes. It's, I mean, a, it's yeah. Yeah, yeah. Do you think you have a like, do you think you have a stance on whether schools should open in the first place or not? Like, do you think a, a distinction can be drawn between health and education and which one should be prioritized? I mean, uh, yeah, it's, it's a difficult question because right. obviously education is such an important tool that everybody should be entitled to. But then again, it, like there's the whole question of whether it's worth prioritizing over health. I don't know. I think it's very circumstantial. Um, I think it's Petty's case because in Petty's case, I think we're a little bit more of an, at an advantage just because we're a boarding school. Yeah, of course. Things in better. Um, and also being in New Jersey where the cases aren't too high. Mm -hmm. um, and we've definitely, we've, I mean, we were hit earlier on. So people kind of have a better sense of how to navigate the pandemic. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I feel like then you could also say like, um, the whole point of lockdown and quarantining overall is not necessarily to stop cases, but just to like, lower it like flatten the curve so I mean we could also look at it as like it's okay if kids get it because I think the end goal is for I think it's like 70 percent of the population to be exposed to this virus for us to start if schools to like, if schools reopen I mean yeah I'm saying of course like getting it is um well pretty sucky but we can also clarify on the, the way, 70 like, the 70 percent what do you what do you mean by that 
Well, there's this whole thing where scientists were saying, like, there's obviously no way to stop it. Because even if we do quarantine everybody, once everybody comes back out, uh, that's what the whole second wave was about, because not enough people were exposed to corona in the first place. Okay. So, like, then, like, you have to think, are we prioritizing, like, no students getting corona, like, ever? Or just, like, um a lot less density of students getting corona in a single time frame. Right. Because like we're such like a small population of students, I think like that 70% number, it was like in order to achieve some sort of herd immunity within our campus. Um, But like that 70% of students getting it, it's not limited, like our community is not just limited students. There's like, there's faculty obviously, but they're also like PFS people, the janitors. Um, And also, yeah. I don't know if it's and like a I don't think we should think about it like we should have students get or be exposed to COVID because there are like immunocompromised people on campus that are like that are that want to be here and they are here so we have to definitely be wary of that um Mm -hmm. and just like elderly people in general elderly faculty so yeah I mean it's really, it's complicated, especially for Patty, because, you know, we do have better circumstances than um, public school, you know, due to funding, due to location, et cetera. But like, the problem is that like, you know, we have day students going in and out of campus. So it's, we really don't, we really don't know what's going on. Like, cause at least we know that the borders are confined to the, the borders of the campus most of the time. So we know that day students are going in and out, which, you know, could, could be seen as a problem because we don't know what they're doing in their free time, right? And then if the COVID gets on campus and it's a, such a confined campus, it would, pretty, it would be pretty dangerous because we know like the number one factor for spreading is within homes. There are a lot of enclosed spaces, which like, you know, like the dorm rooms, which pretty much act as home. So if COVID does get into Petty, the spreading would be very fast. So I think Petty needs to take a lot of precaution because at least in public school, people are actually flowing in and out. So there is a flow of people, but because Petty is confined in such a, um, such a small space, we actually do need to be, I think, extra careful in terms of like the procedures we're taking and like how we're choosing to defend against the coronavirus. I definitely agree with that, um, especially the fact that day students pose a risk. Um, but that poses like the question, do restrictions really work if everyone is not following them? I can name like a good 20, 30 kids that I know for a fact, like, you know, you bypass the restrictions here and there. Um, Does that even make them like valid at that point? I mean, personally, I think social distancing is very important because you see masks, we know that masks decrease risks within like confined spaces significantly. But the thing is like, it's really hard to quantify the data on how effective masks are because we know because the thing is, right, people who wear masks are also more likely to socially distance and people who don't wear masks are also more likely to not socially distance. So it's, when, you, when you're looking at a group of data, it's really hard to determine how effective masks really are. And many scientists are having trouble like really quantifying it. So it's difficult to talk about masks, but I think we should definitely wear them because even though if the, if the statistics and the data isn't clear, we know that they're effective to a certain extent because there are right less cases um, for people that wear masks. But social distancing, I think, definitely should be followed. And like, 
uh, it shouldn't even be a point where like the school has to enforce it you know it should just be like well for the priority of the students here and the faculty here like we should actively social distance you know that's just how i how i stand yeah i was kind of surprised um like coming back on campus seeing like how little people were actually socially distancing mm -hmm. um and obviously like i guess it depends on like how you like how you experience the pandemic in your home like throughout the past six months like i live in new york yeah. city so obviously like in the beginning it was super it was crazy um and like yeah, after definitely. that my dad yeah and like my dad and i were super cautious about it so from that like he just like it was just super important for me to social distance and i always had that in the back of my mind but coming back into campus where i guess people i mean like their their situation was different from mine in that they mm. didn't necessarily like have to socially distance from people because they were only interacting with like people right. that stayed within their neighborhood. So like, I was surprised coming back in. I was, I get, yeah, I was also a little disappointed in people for not socially distancing. And like, I wrote that dose. Um, yeah. And usually mm -hmm. the dose is like, I try to use it as a platform, um, mostly like something lighthearted. Um, I don't want to say it's a humor column because sometimes <sighs> we're not funny we're trying but sometimes we're not funny um but like it's just like a student point of view and i feel like if people aren't listening to what the administration has to say or like what faculty have to say when they're yelling at them about socially distancing i felt like i kind of just had a responsibility to do that and it's like like i don't know hopefully people read the read it and actually saw that like students care and like i care and please socially distance guys please oh my yeah God. i know it's so important if we want to keep the school open i mean like i yeah i completely agree and honestly i feel like that was a great way to use the dose because like i think most of the time at least the kids who do read it like me i know i love it like i read it religiously Thanks. so it was definitely like a big impact to hear it from like a student leader like other than a faculty because i think what faculty yells at you you're like uh but like students you're kind of like oh like you like we actually care um yeah yeah so I just want to bring out like uh what's going on currently I mean I mean the left and the right are always arguing and right now or at least in the past few weeks we've seen you know Trump did release this thing I think it was in July I don't know if you guys heard about it um about the international students and the student visas where yeah he completely mm -hmm. removed um international students ability to receive a student visa if they were uh, attending online school but I think that was then revoked because of so many uh, so many like so many lawsuits um, yeah lawsuits from universities and then we have the left saying like well we shouldn't open schools at all because of um, the risk that it would pose to um, exposing people to the pandemic especially in public schools because um, we've seen that schools opening directly leads to a spike in corona cases at least in clusters um, but the writer is saying like, oh, but if we don't open schools, the effect on the economics will be huge because, you know, especially in impoverished, in impoverished areas, when you lose a year or two of school, like the effect it has on the money that you can pump into the economy is huge. So um, I think, where do you guys stand on that spectrum? Like, do you guys fall in the middle? Like we should open schools, but have really heavy procedures. Maybe we should um, force some kids to do online. Or do you guys think like schools shouldn't open at all? Schools have to open with, normal procedures I mean, what do you guys think i mean another thing to think about there is especially for schools like us private boarding schools um 
we we uh, most kids uh, and just overall our education is is uh, estimated at a pretty fine price. You know, most boarding schools are like fifty five thousand dollars on average, and you think like for the kids that are remote, like is it the money worth it? Because it's like taking the boarding out of boarding. Yeah, school. a lot of people are just dropping. I mean, a lot of my or my mom's like Asian friends that are in China. They're just like dropping their boarding schools completely, and like they're either going somewhere else for international school, or like kids and Asian kids in Canada are dropping their boarding schools and going to school in Canada. So yeah, that's definitely a real thing. Yeah. But like back to what you were saying, Andy, about like whether kids should like go to. I mean, we're in a very privileged position where we don't have to like where we have that option. We can like actually take like a remote option seriously mm-hmm. um so it's difficult to say it's definitely circumstantial um i don't think there's like one way or the other you really it's yeah it's super circumstantial yeah there's no and one sp- answer again especially it for like, like depends on the school and just what type of school you go to and how right. you take your education like yeah mm-hmm. i mean another issue with online education in general is that like in impoverished areas if the kid is taking online education, their parents have to sacrifice work to take care of them, especially if they're young. And if we look mm-hmm. at impoverished neighborhoods with like single parenthood, like a single mother, that's very difficult for the mother to handle. And sometimes the kids are pulled out of school like illegally entirely just because the mother has to work. So, you know, that's all. That's also another issue with online school, especially. In- yeah, my mom, uh, my aunt, actually, her husband um, is stuck in Afghanistan right now due to the fact they can't come back until like December, I think. And she has three kids, one that's in high school. He doesn't speak very good English. They like immigrated from Kyrgyzstan, I think like last year. And she has like a, a baby newborn and like a two-year-old daughter. And, and she has to teach her daughter how to read English while taking care of the newborn and taking care of her son. So she just has like no time. And then you think like that's severely, like especially during that stage of development as a kid, you are like cutting like the, the like educational growth that you can have and like uh you know setting the foundation for like learning for the rest of your life like in half you could even say yeah mm-hmm. yeah and then there's us who are we're like fully functioning teenagers like we can handle ourselves like i like throughout the past like like this year um Okay, yeah, like from when we went home from spring, like my dad goes to work. Mm-hmm. He like went went to work like all throughout quarantine, and I like I live with my dad, um, and like he had like he was gone all day, but like I was home alone. But I'm like a fully functioning person, so like I don't have to worry about like trying to figure out how to get an education by myself because I know how to do that, and like every petty student is capable of doing that. So it's not like yeah maybe our quality of education is reduced but like i don't think it's by that much like, yeah compared to some other, other people schools. yeah so yeah we do have it better i mean not to get too personal but like i think you're you are applying to college this year right has it affected uh, your application yeah. process in any way or the schools <laughs> you're considering that's such a great question i'm actually so interested in that um you know what i think the the college search has definitely been impacted because there's something that you can't get from like an online information session that you can get from being in person and like actually going to the campus because you can't really capture like 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 the vibe of the campus for lack of words um and every single information session for every college is like projecting exact same like info and like details about the school because they're always trying to like 
they're always trying to like, oh, like our school is like blah, blah, blah. And like, they all say the same thing, which is the holistic review process. Like I've been talking mm -hmm. about this with my friends. And if I have to hear that word, like one more time, oh my God. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's definitely difficult to see like what the school is all about, um, what it's like there. Because if we're only doing like learning things from Zoom calls, then like it's, it's not great. Um, so we definitely have to research a lot more. Um, the writing process, I guess, has been pretty much the same because I guess like if I'm at boarding school and I'm doing my writing, like I, I have access to the college counselor. So like the, um, okay. like the college essay writing process is the same, but like the research element and like actually learning more about each school is definitely difficult. And I've talked, to, talked about that with my other friends. In addition, also standardized testing. A lot of kids are super nervous because they don't have their tests done either and they can't. Yeah, a lot of schools are just dropping standardized testing in general. Mm -hmm. I mean, not even for the future, apparently. Um, are most of the colleges doing online class or are the ones that you're looking at at least? Or are they doing like a mix of in-person like we are? How are they um, scheduling classes? I don't know. I think there's like a variety actually. Um, oh, very different. But like back to like the standardized testing thing, even though schools are saying it's optional, like that's just like, like, okay, sorry. Um, no, 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 it's like, because it's optional, like people still want to take that because that I like, even like, I don't, okay, I'm not explaining this into words. Are you like, but it's optional, but you should turn it in. Right? You should do it. Yeah. yeah. Like yeah. you always, like, if you don't have a test score, even though they say you don't need it, it you feel like you're at a disadvantage because that's like one less like factor to put into your yeah. application that they like can see about you. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. You need them. <laughs> so. I feel like in the, pan like, that's usually the case because some schools do actually have optional SAT. I think in the pandemic, they'll, they'll be a little, give you a little more leeway if you really like had trouble taking it. Um, but you know, if you have a score, you should definitely turn it in. And that does put a pressure, that does put yeah. pressure on a lot of They people. have to like, they have to not like the, they're, they're gonna say they're not gonna look at the score but like we don't know that you know yeah they really have to like yeah circling a little bit back to uh um you know schools and uh covid um we look at exeter you know probably i think it was like what number one number two with andover top uh boarding school in america and they opened their campus but all of their classes are online which honestly i think is kind of cool because you still get the boarding aspect but this way you have less of a like transmission possibility for international students to come and board so they don't have to, you know, be in that time zone difference. Yeah, I think that's very specific to Exeter though. Yeah, because a, Exeter yeah. kids are definitely a lot more academically inclined than the average student. So being online completely is definitely works better for them than like the average <laughs> student. Um, and also they have so much money too, so they can afford to do that. Um, and I know Andover from like what I've talked to with my friends, like I think they're doing hybrid, they're doing some sort of hybrid where like the, I think it's like the seniors and the freshmen go one week, like similar to us, or like they come back spring term, something like that, but they're definitely not doing what Exeter's doing. Yeah. I mean, I'm gonna keep it honest here. I feel like that's just a way to get money out of people. I mean, 
I oh, really, definitely, yeah. I really don't see the point of making kids go board on campus just to do online school. I mean, it seems like it seems like just a way to get more funding, especially during like this tight time. I mean, honestly, I mean, if I, yeah, yeah, I mean, if I were to take a stance on what schools should do, I think schools should. I'm sure everybody wants schools to open, right? I mean, mm-hmm. are you? But the thing is, whether it should, I think it definitely should. But we just need to make sure that the precautions are tight, especially at a confined space like Freddie. And yeah. I think we're definitely really lucky because, I mean, we think about it and like a lot of us were given the, you know, the chance and the decision to come actually learn in school if we are willing to take these precautions. And a lot of kids just weren't, weren't given that. So we're definitely like one of the luckier bunches of people. For sure. But I think like Exeter having that option for people to come in, that's mostly because like sorry um that's mostly because like I, like people want to come back on campus right yeah like, there's a lot, everybody yeah. wants to see their friends so like having that option open um even though it's basically stealing people's money like kids <laughs> are gonna do it like kids want to see their friends you know yeah like, definitely there's like a camaraderie in boarding schools that you really just can't get anywhere else like even just like seeing your friends like outside of school i don't know yeah, yeah, I think it's what really makes us special. Like, there's private schools. Like, I feel like there's academic excellence everywhere. I mean, you want to go to a good academic school, like, you, you do not need to hash out, like, $60,000, you know? You can mm-hmm. definitely go to, like, a good school for, like, 30000 probably even less. But we have this whole, like, social community concept, which I feel like is probably even better than most colleges, I think. At least that's what mm-hmm. I've heard. I've heard that, like, boarding schools definitely, like, have a different environment. Yeah, I mean, it's a lot smaller, you know, colleges are so big, even though if you're living with people, you're just living with the few people that, you know, that you're probably familiar with. And that's probably going to be the extent of your friend group. But like, especially at Petty, like a small school, you know, you just get to know everybody, you're living with everybody, and you're going to class with everybody. So yeah, very different environment. Yeah, actually, fun fact. So I uh, emailed the health center earlier, and I, out of curiosity, I asked what type of COVID test they gave us. Uh, we had two rounds, and they gave us the Quill SARS-Sophia FIA antigen test. And so then I did some research on it, and it's actually really, really accurate. It's like oh, really? one of the one of the only ones that was FDA kind of like approved to be like, oh, like this is like not like sixty percent accurate. It's like more like near like eighty, ninety percent accurate uh, if you get COVID within like five days of, uh, before taking it. So mm-hmm. um, I thought that was really cool because I know Props there's a lot of Eddie for doing that. Exactly, stop the petty. Yeah, there was a lot of speculation going around, like, oh, like the tests that like Petty's giving us are definitely just like thirty percent accurate, and like all of them are just like wrong. But they're actually they're pretty good. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure we can afford the test too. I'm guessing it sounds pretty expensive. So. Yeah, but like then again, I I don't know. I'm kind of uneasy about how little we're getting. Like we only get tested twice within the first. I know. I yeah. That's the problem. That doesn't make any sense to me. I mean, temperature testing is really like, I don't even know like what the point of temperature testing is because most people are asymptomatic for one to two weeks when they get COVID. So I feel like that money could be not spent and maybe poured into one more COVID test towards the middle Mm -hmm. of the year if they can afford it. I mean, COVID tests are are very expensive, but they are very effective. And I think we should definitely consider doing more. Right. I think like a lot of colleges are doing like weekly COVID tests. So mm-hmm. even like like doing like random tests, like 
on occasion is yeah. better than what we're doing right now. Yeah, like at least once a month or something. Also about those temp kiosks, I mean, I don't know, but I feel like they're super just like not accurate. Like some- Oh, they're so inaccurate. Oh one day I was like 68 degrees and I was like, there's no way I am like 68 degrees. Yeah, no. very inaccurate. Well, it's 1040, um, let's, ra- let's wrap it up. Any closing remarks from anybody? You know, any last opinions they want to get out? I do have one question. Oh, what's up? Yeah. What's why is it called Penny Bean? What's up with that? I'll defer that question to Liz. All right. So um, <laughs> yeah. So I, I personally, I'm a big lover of beans. I like them. I like to eat them. I think I'm they're okay really cute. You yeah, know, I love beans. Like, yeah. Right. Everyone loves yeah. beans. Like I, I live off. Yeah. No. It's my. I'm Whole vegan. Only source of protein. Totally you know? black beans. Yeah. Yeah, so, and there's tons of different varieties of beans. Like, beans are just, I think, pretty amazing overall. And they're super food, you know, protein, protein rich. And um, Andy thinks I look like a bean a little bit. Absolutely. Which is the weirder part of this name. But since the, a bean is so relevant uh, in the theme of our lives, when me and Andy were, like, thinking, like, what would be, like, something catchy for, like, you know, this, like, new irrelevant probably going to be very unpopular podcast that people might like and we were like why don't we just call it a bean like hey like did, did you watch the bean like the teddy <laughs> bean i don't know kind of catchy so mm-hmm. that's yep. what we settled on i guess okay well i have class in three minutes <laughs> i also so have class I. in three minutes yeah. all right yeah well good talking to you guys all right all right that's, thank that's you so much all right bye-bye. Bye-bye.